Welcome to the Wellness Members Club. What is the Wellness Members Club? This is your safe space to get real with yourself. Where you get vulnerable and you feel validated. And an aesthetically pleasing place to talk about the ugly truth of life. Welcome Welcome to the club, club, sis. Hello, hello guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellness Members Club. We are so excited to have you back. Today is going to be a really incredible one. It hits home for both Nicole and I. We're going to be talking about living in your truth and connecting to yourself because that's a heavy topic when you're going through mental health, wellness, and growth. You require some truth and how to live in it. So I'm so excited to have you guys here. Hey guys, it's your host, Nicole. So of course, we're going to start off this episode with what was well about our week and what was unwell about our week. So Abby, what was (laughs) well? What was well is honestly, which is me being a little mushy right now, my new boyfriend and I, we live around the corner from each other now. And it's super cute because before we were both all over the place, we were both being gypsies this past summer. It's fun that now we live around the corner and today I was leaving my workout and walking back to my place and he was walking from his to go to his workout and we ran into each other and it was just like a sweet moment just realizing I'm in a healthy relationship now and it's cute that we get to go and have a little casual run-ins with each other. It's just sweet. And then from that, honestly, I haven't really had an unwell too much this week. I've been doing a lot with work, but it hasn't been unwell. It's just been challenging. I feel like this week has been a lot of observing things in my life and maybe that's what's unwell. What about you? All right. Well, we love that. (laughs) Sounds like a good week for you. Mm -hmm. So my week, I think my well and unwell are intertwined because Mm -hmm. this whole week I was super emotional and I'm blaming it on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yesterday something happened and I felt myself get anxious and I knew I needed to connect with myself and almost just cry it out. So at like 7 p.m. last night, turned off the lights, lit a candle, and put on Insight Timer, which is guided meditations. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there for probably 45 minutes just connecting with myself and crying, but it felt so good. And then I kind of released those emotions. I just was proud of myself because a year ago, the past version of me wouldn't would just push down those feelings and be like, oh, no, I don't care. But instead, I sat with myself, felt it, and let it go. I think that saying that's commonly used, feel it to heal it, is the best thing. But I feel like they always forget the third part. And it's like, feel it to heal it, to release it. And I think that's what exactly what you did. You, you allowed yourself the space to just be human and connect with yourself, feel your emotions instead of trying to avoid them. And that's probably why you feel so much clarity waking up this morning. Yeah. And it feels, I think, just now being connected with myself for almost a year and showing up for myself, I think... I'm too aware to just sit in anxiety and not feel it, you know? It's so true. And I think we got to get into that today. And what you just said is a perfect opener. And that's really having self-awareness is a big part of connecting to yourself. And when you're at the beginning of connecting to yourself in the beginning of this journey, because that's probably what most of you listeners are going to be, is you have to face the fact that you are disconnected. And you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, there is something misaligned here. There's something that's not fitting. 
I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling no passion. I'm feeling no drive. I don't know who I am. I look for everyone for guidance in life. I look at social media for where I should be and what I should be doing. And that's when you have to look at yourself and be like, it's time for change. And that's the beginning of connecting to yourself. It's also not as obvious as you would think to realize that you're disconnected with yourself. I lived six years of my life just disassociating, disconnected, anxious. And I was like, oh, I guess this is my normal. And I didn't even realize. It's so wild because even when I would see really, really happy people or people that knew themselves, I would honestly get a little irritated. And now I'm like, good for you. Go you. They're hype girl. But before I would see them like, what are they on? There's no way that they're happy. There's no way that life is that great. It's impossible. It was such a foreign concept to me to imagine that you can feel happiness. And I was like, that's just not a thing because I think my whole life was always having a level of anxiety or being in survivor mode or like just living for other people. I was such a avid people pleaser. And you just realize like, wow, that's possible. And now that we're in it, right? We're connected to ourselves. We're like, we actually feel that happiness and peace on a daily basis. And it's like, wow, like there's a way to get there. And that's kind of why we started this podcast because now we can share it. Yeah, I feel like when you're disconnected, you're living in a constant space of fear and just people pleasing and don't want to be rejected. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I would love to share is a bit about my story of where I really realized I was so disconnected. And I think it's a bit of a rock bottom moment. And I'm going to share it a little bit lightly for you listeners I'm going to be talking about suicidal depression. So I think if that's too heavy for you, skip over these next couple of minutes. But we want to keep it really transparent here and very vulnerable because I believe that vulnerability is a strength. So kind of what was my moment in hitting rock bottom? It was honestly last year in about June or so. I was in a relationship prior. It was not good for me. It felt really toxic. I was constantly told I wasn't good enough or I needed to dress up more or I needed to change how I spoke or I needed to just do things differently or I was always just been told I was doing things wrong. I had my own business. I was struggling in it immensely. I just didn't know how to handle it. I was dealing with extreme grief from losing my dad that had been unfaced. I was dealing with trauma from childhood that I had never dealt with because I'd never gone to therapy. So I was just in a really, really dark place. And I just remember I went to the gym to go work out for the first time in months because I just didn't have the time to or the desire. And I just laid on the floor. And I just remember hyperventilating, crying on the gym floor. You know, like in apartments, they have like a Pilates, like separate or yoga room where it's just like a detached from the gym. So I was mm-hmm. sat, um, I was sat there and I just like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I can't live like this. Like I, I'm miserable. I'm so unhappy. I don't even want to get up tomorrow. I can't keep ha- knowing that I have to live for weeks. I just didn't want to. I hated where I was and I was having extremely suicidal thoughts and it might sound like TMI, but I would be driving on a highway and I'd be like, is it really that bad if I just drive off the road? That's how dark my mind was getting. Or I was just like, it doesn't matter anymore. I just want to join my dad. I don't really care where, I don't care what happens. Um, But anyways, I was in that moment, laying on the gym floor, and I realized I want to call the suicide hotline. I was like, I can't tell anyone in my life that I'm thinking this because I know that it's not going to go well. So before I called them, I went outside, walking around the outside of my apartment, and I called my ex-boyfriend, boyfriend at the time. And I was like, before I called the suicide hotline, I'm like, I'm being extreme. Nothing's wrong. I'm fine. I was hopping between my ego was telling me like, no, don't call. Like that's beyond you, mental health, whatever. And then the other part of me was like, no, like this isn't you. Like there was an internal battle that was happening. So I call him first. Hey, like I'm having these really dark thoughts. I don't know what to do about it. I haven't told anybody. I really just don't know how to wake up in the morning anymore. 
And I thought it was going to be this consoling conversation and compassionate. And he was just like, you're fucking crazy. Something's wrong with you. My girlfriend has mental issues. Like I'm not dealing with that. That's actually insane. You're crazy. You're talking about that you're suicidal. Like you're, you're actually a psychopath. And I was like, wow, whoa, like, whoa. And that made me feel empty and so much worse. And I was like, this can't be the life I'm living. Like this can't be it. So I obviously quickly hung up with him because there was no compassion there. There was no empathy. And although there was 99% of my mind that hated everything that was going on in my life, there was this 1% of hope that was like, this isn't you. And it was like a soft whisper that I like to think was my inner child that was like, you're meant for so much more. This is not your life. You're going to get past this. So I feel like that 1% of hope saved me. But anyways, I call this suicidal hotline and it was too awkward for me. I couldn't admit that I was needing anything. So it turned into text messages and I'm texting back and forth with them, which is amazing service that they offer. And I was talking to the guy and he's like, Abby, can I tell you something? And I was like, absolutely. Like, please, like, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling really lost. I'm feeling really empty. I don't want to get up anymore. I really just don't know how to handle this. And he was like, you do realize that the world is not against you, right? And I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, I'm not saying this to make you minimize your problems or make you feel small. He's like, I'm saying this because we get thousands and thousands of calls a day from this people telling me the same story that you're telling me. And that means that like, you're not personally being attacked. Like there's everyone's going through this. Everyone is having hard times. Everyone is struggling. They're on a roller coaster of emotions. And he's like, the thing that you need to realize is no one's personally attacking you. You're not under attack. At any point in life, you can just walk away from the situations you're in. You're not stuck in that relationship you're in. You're not stuck in that job you're in. You're not stuck in the family that you're in. You can walk away at any point. No one's holding you hostage. And I was like, whoa. There was just a click, a perspective shift. It was just like, wow, you are not stuck in this way. But anyways, long, long elaborate story. But from then on, I was like, something's got to fucking give. And the only person that's going to save me is myself. And so I just started taking inventory on all the bullshit that I had done because the end of the day, I got myself in all of those situations. Nobody else did. And I had to switch my perspective to you're not a victim. You're a victor, which means that you're able to be in charge of where your life goes. And it was a heavy perspective shift that happened that day. It was you either fix all the shit and get away from it and leave it or you sit and sulk forever. You know, so that one percent of hope that I mentioned came through and was like, let's fucking get it. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. You're talking about this lightly right now, but when you're actually in that, like, yeah, how you mentioned you're stuck. Yeah. Like you feel so alone. You feel stuck. You feel like it's never going to change when you're you're up against a wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to go into my story, I mean, I, I can't really, I've had a lot of rock bottoms to be totally honest. (laughs) Like actually, what was your main moment? that you can really recall because all all of your moments lead up to that one you know it wasn't just one incident happened with me it was a compilation of a bunch of bullshit that was wit's end but what was your one thing that you last remember where you were just like i cannot do this anymore i went through multiple of those Mm -hmm. right and i would i would let go of certain things but still be holding on to things that were not right for me not good for me and i was self-abandoning and lying to myself Mm -hmm. i would say honestly this past january yeah which isn't even that long ago i was living with crippling anxiety and i almost couldn't even go to the grocery store or like talk at work without being are people judging me i had no confidence 
I, I would wake up and feel anxious and I was just so unhappy with my life. Mm-hmm. And I still had some good things going for me, but I just felt so lost and I was looking for this love and validation outside of myself still. And I genuinely just didn't love myself. Would it be right to say that you felt undeserving? Yeah. And I surrounded myself with people that made me feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought I deserved that. I thought that I wasn't good enough. I thought that what they were saying was right at some level. And that's why I stayed and mm-hmm. I kept them in my life. And what did that process look like of turning around and turning a new leaf? If I looked back five years ago, I was more full of life. I was laughing. I was not afraid to be myself. And then I became this person of, I'm afraid to voice my opinion because I'm afraid to be judged. I'm afraid to be not liked. And just all this external validation I was looking for. So I was like, who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. So it just took me to hit that rock bottom of, I need to let these things go. But what is super scary that I remember, and this is why healing is hard, Mm -hmm. is you're used to this chaos, right? You're used to these people that might not treat you well. You're used to the comfortability. Yeah, it becomes your comfort zone to be there. Once you let that go, one, I don't know who the fuck I am. And now I don't have anything comfortable, even though it wasn't good for me. So yes, I'm doing myself a favor, but now I don't have that comfort zone and I'm sitting with myself that is a stranger. Mm-hmm. So that period, I would say like three months, I was almost more anxious, even though I was connecting with myself, but I didn't know who I was. I was literally a total stranger. To That's myself. crazy I to think know. about. And the way you just worded it, I've never thought of calling it a stranger because it really is when you're just living a life that appeases to everybody else and doesn't appease to you and you're just living an external validation kind of life or reassurance based life you really are your true self your core self is a complete stranger but she's constantly in there or he's constantly in there banging to get out you know what i mean and that's what i feel like anxiety when i feel it in my chest for a visual example is to imagine your inner self is banging on you and being like we got to get out of here. This isn't working for us, you know? And it's her or him knocking internally being like, let's go. That's such yeah. a good way to think about it. And the crippling anxiety was me not being proud of me, not being loving to myself. I didn't want to be seen because I was used to being small. So that crippling anxiety, when I had social anxiety talking to people, I deep down, I of course know who I am, right? Mm-hmm. But I was shaming her and that's why I had crippling social anxiety and just crippling anxiety in general. And I needed who I am Mm -hmm. and who I was to connect. And over that three month period, we were not at all. You guys were fighting. Yeah. Like Mike Tyson. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck were you just doing to me for a year? Literally. Literally. Your true self came out and was like, bitch, it's showtime. Literally. Yeah. That is so crazy. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable as well. A good thing to say or a good way to go into the identifying part. It can look like many different shapes or forms, but generally speaking, it feels like a rock bottom moment. So for those of you listening who are wondering, am I disconnected myself? It will look like anxiety, will look like panic. It will look like you guilt, 
shame. It'll look like unworthiness. It'll look like all of those things. So if you are feeling a compilation of the things I just mentioned, you are more likely living a disconnected life, but there's no shame in that. Just know that you identifying those things there is an amazing thing because now it means you're becoming self-aware. So if you've gotten to that part, congratulations, it's not the end, it's just the beginning. And you're about Mm -hmm. to embark on a beautiful journey of health and wellness and clarity and peace. And I think with that is Nicole is really, really adamant and passionate about helping people align with themselves. So I'd love to pass it to you to kind of get started on what the beginning of that journey looks like. The biggest thing that you need to do for yourself is checking in with yourself. And that is going to look different for everyone. But for me, it was setting aside time to journal because it's like talk therapy, but I'm just talking to myself. So I can literally say anything without judgment and write it down. Mm -hmm. Even checking in with how do I feel today? What am I anxious? That's okay that I'm anxious. Why am I anxious? And just like really talking with myself, like I love myself and setting aside that time because I deserve that time to check in with myself. I feel like we have so many things going on and especially when we're in that people pleasing mode, it's like, are they okay? Should mm-hmm. I give them more? Give that attention to yourself, especially once yourself. you know you're disconnected. Yeah. You have to make yourself a priority. On the yeah. journey of self-discovery and self-connection, you have to make yourself a priority even if it feels uncomfortable. Yeah, and to give a glimpse of hope, uh, use me as an example of, I'm not kidding when I tell you, like I was a mess. When was January? How many months ago? I don't nine. Know my math is Today's, nine. yeah, nine. <laughs> <laughs> I went from that to it got worse. It's not easy because you have to relearn who am I? What do I like? I literally had to write what are my core values on a sheet at the ripe age of 24. <laughs> yeah no but it's good those yeah. things are good and you had to probably sit with yourself and be like what do I like to do that's my favorite exercise to do when I first started this journey was what do I even like I played basketball my whole life just as an example but I don't care to watch it I don't give a shit to watch it I like to play it so I used to go to basketball games with one of my ex-boyfriends and follow in on tv and I was like I fucking hate this but I made mm-hmm. it one of my core hobbies or things that I would do. And I was like, I don't even enjoy that. This whole time I've been watching these sports, I don't even give a shit for. So I was realizing that, wow, all my hobbies are things I don't even like. I'm putting time and investing time into things that aren't even to do with me. So I think that's funny to go and write down, what do I like to do and what do I believe in and what are my values? And it's funny because the things that I did like to do, I haven't done in forever. I don't know how long. So that is really important of just... It sounds silly, but literally saying, what do I like to do? Who do I want to be? What qualities do I want to do? I want to embody. Yeah. Because that January version of myself and the qualities that I knew I had deep down and I once was, whether that was like a child, a teenager, I just lost myself. I totally lost myself within romantic relationships. So writing those down and then that's when you can start that work of doing those habits to get you there. Yeah, absolutely. But becoming aware, like you said, is definitely step one. Mm -hmm. And just showing up for yourself repeatedly is so important because one, it's going to build up your self-respect, which correlates to your self-worth. And for me, I would say it took me around three months. So it's not a well, I guess you could say that's quickish, but it's not necessarily a quick process when you're in it. Like when I you're felt in so it, uncomfortable. Oof. When you're in it, it's nails on a chalkboard, cringing all the time because your ego, which we're going to tap into, 
keeps coming up and is like, we don't have to do this shit. We're better than this, whatever. And, and then your true self is like, no, we need to rip it off. Imagine the process like peeling an onion. There's many, many layers that you have to peel off. There will be an internal battle with your ego of being like, we don't have to do this shit. It's fine. Like everything's fine. We can handle this. We can go back to our normal life. We can, we can make it work. And then your true self is like, it's not working. And I'm going to keep knocking on your inside of your chest as a panic attack or anxiety attack until you start doing the work. Yeah. And I think for me and probably for a lot of people with what I was talking about, that comfort zone, whether that was a person, a friend that was no longer serving you, mm-hmm. I would get triggered and I would feel so anxious, but I didn't feel connected to myself still with those three months. So for me to not go back was very, very hard because mm-hmm. I wanted that comfort. I was craving that comfort, whether it was chaos, whether it was like I knew that shit was not good for me. It was like that. I, I wanted that comfort. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot to stick by. I know this is good for myself. I'm not happy with where I am. It's okay to be uncomfortable. I'm just relearning myself yeah. and I'm getting to know myself again. And for those of you listening who are wondering what that first few months is going to look like for you, it's going to feel very isolating, but your perspective needs to not be isolation. It needs to be incubation. And what I mean by that is you're creating a better you. So it's not isolation. It is incubation. It will feel like isolating wise is you're going to stop spending time likely with the people you've been surrounding yourself with. So just expect to have tough conversations or start saying no to plans a lot more than you ever did, which can be very uncomfortable when you're a people pleaser, especially myself before. It can also look like maybe even leaving a job for some people. It could look like not really being in contact with family members who are toxic. It could look isolating from that perspective. Just know that you'll thank yourself later. And instead of looking at it as a loss, look at it as an investment into future you. It changes from being in isolation to being in solitude. Because in yes. the beginning, I hated being alone. I wasn't comfortable with myself. I didn't know myself. I was mean to myself. I just did not show myself love at all. Yeah. I want to bring back Um, up your example that you said earlier of it felt like hanging out with a stranger. So you can explain what that isolation may feel like. It's like if you were to sit in a room, a tiny little like six by six foot room with a complete stranger, how uncomfortable that would be. And just looking at each other like what we do here, that's what getting to know yourself looks like in the beginning. If you can imagine that scenario and then imagine yourself when you're getting to know yourself, just know that that discomfort is going to be very similar. I used this example the other day, kind of explaining it to someone, but when I would spend time with myself, I would almost have this FOMO, like fear of missing out, Mm -hmm. that I should be doing something better. How sad is that, that I think I'm not worth spending time with myself? Mm -hmm. I literally would have FOMO of like, oh, I should be doing something else. Like I should be with someone else. So crazy. Like Like, you thought somebody else's time was more valuable than your own. mm Mm-hmm. And you thought somebody else's company was more valuable than your own. It's crazy to think. Yeah. Now you're like, I fucking love chilling with Nicole. <laughs> yeah. And now I know, but now I know myself and it took months, yeah. but you really just need to be strict with yourself. What you cut off, who you cut off is for a reason mm-hmm. and stick with it because you're going to get triggered. You're going to feel really uncomfortable. You're going to feel anxious, but you can't go back to what made you like this? Yeah. And I think a really good analogy um, that I like to think of is imagine you're in a nest 
and you're a bird and you're about to soar. The nest is all your old bullshit, comfort zones, whatever. You're flying and you're you're about to fly to your dream life, right? Your destination is your dream life. And you start flying away, but you suddenly hit a hurricane or a storm or a gust of wind that's too heavy and you fly back because the discomfort of that pushed you back to your comfort zone. But had you just kept going, you would have ended up in your dream life. And it's to have that men- mentality when you're going into it is I can either soar and keep going and get somewhere or I can fly back and have to restart the process over and over again. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I was listening or no, it was a TikTok, I think, but it was like, you think killing something is hard? Try healing something. Oof. Because if, if healing was easy, like if- Everyone would do it. <laughs> everyone would do it. Everyone would be happy. Like yeah. there'd be no parents in this world. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's not an easy process, but it's choosing yourself. This is your life. Your one life. Mm-hmm. Do it now. Why are you staying unhappy? And you know, it's a fun and- perspective to have is, you know, when you're dating someone new and you're so excited about them, you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to hear back from them. Look at getting to know yourself as dating yourself. It's so fun. I love getting to know me. It's my favorite fucking thing. I get to know myself further and further every week when a challenge arises or a conversation comes up and I'm like, she's so fucking cool. And it's so fun to me because I'm like, wow, like it's so cool to watch yourself grow and like almost imagine having being a third person looking at yourself and just being like, oh, how cool is it that you get to meet this person and go through challenges with her and hang out with her. And I think it's just like a cool thing when you externalize your thoughts to yourself and like looking at yourself and it's just like, it's just yeah. fun. It's fun. Yeah. And I remember in the beginning, I really struggled with that actually, because I really struggled with self-worth and I didn't have respect for myself. So what I really tapped into was I'm a very spiritual person, but I wasn't that when I was disconnected with myself. Mm -hmm. So I really tapped into meditation, yoga, and other things that made me realize like you and me, we are both just two souls. We're all human Mm -hmm. and I'm worth spending that time with myself, getting to know myself, dating myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Because we bring up meditation a lot. One thing that I really want to put out there is that when you first start meditation, you're going to want to get up and you're going to be thinking 10,000 things and you're laying there with your eyes closed. You're going to want to leave and it's going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to feel anxious and feel like a spaz, like you want to move around. But know that that means you're doing it right because you're aware that you're thinking a lot. You're aware that you want to get up. You're aware that you want to move around. So just know that meditation takes time. It takes years to get good at it, but that's okay. It's, it's going to be a fun journey. But meditation in the beginning, you're doing it right if you're aware that you want to fidget. So congratulations if you started and that's where your brain goes or your um, body goes. But just know that each time you you go there and you do deep, deep breaths, you'll start to slow that mind down, slow your heart rate down, you'll start to connect with yourself further. It'll get easier. Yeah. And that mind, that voice that keeps talking is your ego self. So that Mm -hmm. is really important to become aware of these mean thoughts. Another note to remember, negative thoughts are not really you, right? They are technically in your head, you hear them in your voice, but they were built up and your psyche was built up 
during your upbringing, which is where your thoughts come from. And it's built up of everyone in your life that you've ever had. So if you've had a negative parent, a negative teacher, a negative friend, your psyche consists of their thoughts, society, whatever it may be, what you consume and watch becomes your thoughts. Um, So just know that you're able to change that if you start changing your environment and changing who you associate with, because you can start to change your inner world and your psyche and your thought process. So know that. But I think we should tap into ego a little bit more and kind of defining the difference if you want to kind of like take it away from there your ego like you just mentioned is society's thoughts your parents thoughts that is now your subconscious mind mm-hmm. so your ego really is trying to help you it's trying to protect you but that is the part of you that is fearful of being judged or that scarcity mindset of like, oh, I'll never make that much money mm-hmm. and is really just trying to protect you, but doesn't help you in the long run. Yeah. Your ego is your negative defense mechanism. So the goal for us here is to train it to become more positive, of course. Mm-hmm. Thank God now I'm more positive, <laughs> but I'm still going to have like those once in a while negative thoughts. I see something I'm like, oh, am I good enough? You know, like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, stuff like that. But that's why the journey of self-discovery is really learning who you are on your soul level. And that is who you are, not your ego. Right. It's just knowing that your ego is not you. It's a part of you. It exists there, but it's not you. And one of the cool things I learned that can tie into this from a shaman, it was really cool. And he was like, because I always said, oh, I want to get rid of my anxiety. I don't want to deal with this, whatever. And he was like, but why would you want to get rid of a part of yourself that you need to feel? And I was like, please elaborate. And what he meant by that was, let's say your ego, because we're on the topic of ego. It's like, why would you want to get rid of your ego? Because your ego also allows you to have happiness and purity. He was like, you can't have one without the other. You can't have light without having darkness. You can't have angriness without having happiness. And he was like, you do realize like you need to accept that all of the parts of you need to live in unity, but you don't need to feed all of them the same. So you can, like, for instance, if you've ever heard that story of the there's like a grandfather that's talking to his grandson and he says that there's two wolves within you and there's um, the negative wolf and there's a positive wolf right and the grandson's like how do you know which one's more you and it's like the one that you feed so that's another thing you can feed the positive parts of you or you can feed the negative parts but obviously what we're trying to do here today is talk about feeding the positive parts of you more and being aware when those thoughts come up that are negative low self-worth or no self-esteem kind of thoughts you have to shut them down and say, no, that is not me. That's my ego self. I'm actually, I'm wonderful. I'm, I, I'm a good person. I'm reliable. I'm kind. I'm loving. And just start filling or replacing those negative thoughts that come up with more positive ones. And slowly over time, that ego that might have started at 90%, 10% you is going to be reversed. You'll be 10% ego and 90% this true on itself. Definitely. And that is the importance of being in that isolation stage because you need to separate yourself Mm -hmm. from other people's opinions of you. Yeah. Especially if you need them so much. If you catch yourself constantly needing the opinions, like back up. (laughs) And you need to listen to your own voice because part of connecting with yourself and being in your truth is speaking your truth. And I was to the point where I was, I mean, I didn't even know myself. I was speaking God knows what God knows. <laughs> Like, I really don't know. Like, my people pleasing. Like, I was just saying what people wanted to hear. 
but that isolation period soon it will turn into solitude don't you Mm -hmm. worry hang on absolutely it is important and just know that that solitude phase has to happen it's not avoidable it's not something you can skip over and just get to the happy part you're gonna have to go through that phase so just know that buckle up get down with the ride we'll be here to support you it's gonna be okay and a quote because i love quotes a good one to think of is closed mouths don't get fed. So when you speak about speaking up for yourself, um, closed mouths don't get fed could be in the perspective of working. You don't speak up for yourself that you want to raise or you've got too much on your plate. Or it could look like speaking up for your boundaries. Hey, I don't like when you said this to me. And you're not getting fed with love back because you're not even speaking up that you need it. So it's just to keep that in mind. Closed mouths do not get fed. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And was it you that I was talking about how when we do go through those isolation periods to just when we know we've gone off track a little bit and we really need to reconnect with ourselves, there is also an extreme of that where you don't see anyone and you almost isolate yourself too much, right? Like you want to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to do this out of a place of love for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So like you want to be alone, reconnect with yourself, but- I mean, human nature, you need connection too. So like connecting with your friends, your family that are good for you, that lift you up is also Mm -hmm. important in those times where you're going through this reconnection with yourself. I think the best way to look at that is the difference I believe between isolation and solitude is isolation is the negative side of it being you're not actually allowing yourself to grow because you're trying to create an environment that doesn't exist. Like you're putting yourself in a bubble. Whereas solitude is like plugging your phone to charge. You're just plugging yourself into charging and like having personal energy again to come back. One is putting yourself in a bubble and the other is giving yourself the chance to recharge and reset. Yes. And the bubble is you being in that victim mindset still like, oh, well, now I'm just alone and no one likes me and I don't like myself. Like it's you need to do it out of a place of love. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Because I love to bring up books a lot. The Untethered Soul by Michaela A. Singer. It looks like Michael A. Singer. It's such a good book. And in chapter nine, they have this thing about the roses. And there's this analogy to give you. And it's this person, they walk through a bush and they got a thorn in their arm. Right? They have a thorn in their arm. They're like, oh my goodness, it's hurting so much. I don't know what to do with it. And they just keep walking around life with this thorn in their arm. And then they they walk past some a person and it brushes the thorn. They're like, oh my God, that hurts so bad. Like now I need to put something around it. So they create this mechanism to go around the, the thorn. They're like, okay, I'll protect my thorn with the bubble. Then they're like, okay, oh, you know, now I can't sleep. I'm rolling over and it's still getting hit. It's bothering me. I'm getting irritated. Then they build this gigantic contraption around their body. And they're like, okay, perfect. Now no one can bump into me. I could still sleep. Then they realize like, okay, you know that this isn't big enough. Like I need more space to walk around. And they build themselves a prison and they live within that prison by themselves. And when you look back on it, that thorn was their trauma. And it was just a tiny thorn that they could have just pulled out. Uncomfortable. Yeah, it would have hurt to pull out. But instead of pulling it out, they just kept the thorn in and they isolated themselves from the world so people couldn't trigger them. And it's that's mm-hmm. the difference between isolation and solitude is solitude is knowing that you need to recharge to go back into society have conversations because that's the way that you test your healing and test your your emotional regulation and your skills that you learned along your self-love and self-awareness journey is through having conversations, connecting in relationships, going to work. You know what I mean? You have to connect to grow. So it's to remember the difference between the two. 
I could not agree more. We're going to get triggered. We are always going to get triggered because there's going to be different types of traumas that fly our way and we're going to keep getting triggered. But being with yourself and being self-aware of your triggers and it's okay that I feel like this. Mm -hmm. How can I cope healthily? And once you get to know yourself, you know how you can cope healthily. Connect with yourself and help yourself and it's going to be okay. I think it's to remember to not avoid your triggers, but to approach them when they come up instead of being reactive, which is going to be an ever-growing process, instead of running from them and isolating and avoiding, you approach them with grace and be like, ooh, wow, when someone says something to trigger you, instead of being reactive and being like, I'm so mad at you for bringing that up, just be like, thank you for showing me a part of me that needs light. (laughs) Okay, Fred. (laughs) For those of you that are not watching and you're just listening, my dog is now behind me kicking his little feet to itch his arms and being so loud. Sorry. That's so cute. And that's what's so important about Wellness Members Club, the community itself, because we want to create a space where it's accepting, non-judgmental, and safe to be yourself, which actually helps heal those blocks that your mind has been making up of your authentic self, that no one's going to like you if you're stepping into that version of yourself. Yeah. One of the things I can promise you being that I'm now in a healthy relationship. And when what I shared with you earlier in this is that I was dealing with suicidal depression and my ex-boyfriend was telling me I was a psychopath and crazy and that he didn't want to deal with me. And now I have a person that we've talked about everything, like anything and everything that's ever happened to me trauma-wise. He's like, wow, I'm so proud of you for getting through that. And that's amazing that you were able to see light at the end of the tunnel. And that's so great that you were able to push through and then also my friend group like you and my friend Brianna and my other friends I have now that I've cultivated which is like a very different friend group than I was in a year ago when you make that jump and decide no I want something better for myself you will start to attract better because you're doing better so you're a magnet so you'll be able to attract a healthy loving relationship you'll be able to attract healthy loving friendships and it's just to know that if I can go from suicidal depression to abundance and happiness and creating a freaking wellness podcast, you can do it too. So just know that. And it's only been just over a year, which is really rapid. And for yourself, it's only been nine months. And it's how quickly we've done this is amazing. That's why I'm so excited we have this platform because we are going to get through things with people and help them grow so much. And I'm just so excited. And just know that at Wellness Members Club, like you have Nicole and I as your biggest support system. Like we are going to be your biggest hype girls to encourage you to face yourself rip off your mask, be vulnerable, and we're going to validate you. And we're going to make sure that you're actually staying accountable for your actions and you're making progress and you're not falling behind. I was thinking about this the other day too. The feeling of power that I have now over my own emotions and the feeling of freedom when you start to actually love yourself is unlike no other. Mm -hmm. Coming from that stuck place that we were both saying obviously different stories, but we both felt extremely, extremely stuck and like we couldn't get out. It's all going to be worth it if you are in that space right now. Absolutely. Or if you're just in that uncomfortable messiness. 100%. And one of the things is to not chase happiness, but to chase harmony. And why I say that is because happiness is an emotion that can come and go, but harmony is just having balance within all of the parts of you. So maybe just switch your perspective on what you're going for to harmony because happiness is something that feels so hard to achieve and feels so far. Whereas harmony is something that you can have on a daily basis. It's not something that comes and goes. It's to know harmony means it's okay to have anxiety in the morning and then have a huge laugh and love at night. 
you know, so it's a, it's a lot better to go after that than it is happiness. Yes, definitely. And when you say to not chase happiness, this is one of my favorite quotes and I live by this now, but everything that we need or we think we want outside of ourselves is already within us. Mm -hmm. And 100%. in this self-discovery journey, we're going to realize that. And now looking back, I was always chasing that external love because I had no love for myself. And now that I love myself and I truly am falling more in love with myself every day because I'm spending this time with myself and I like myself now. Mm -hmm. I don't really care if people don't like me. And the people mm -hmm. that do like Same. me are good people. So I'm those who, those <laughs> who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. But before yeah. we head into the end of this episode where Nicole gives you some amazing journal prompts or exercises, I'd love to throw this quote because I love dropping quotes today. It's quote queen, quote queen, always. <laughs> you'll never know who you are unless you shed who you pretend to be. And that's an amazing one to remember. And that's by Veronica Tugaleva. And I think that's an amazing one. So I'll say it again. It's you'll never know who you are unless you shed who you pretend to be. I love that. And I actually have a really good prompt to back up that. <laughs> Let's get into so, it. So you guys know we're going to finish with either an exercise or a prompt in each episode. So today's is going to be a two-part question. But what aspects of yourself and your life do you not fully accept? And what prevents you from accepting them? Amazing ones. So if you guys want to grab your journals, grab your pens, get to work on that before you meet up with us for our next episode, we would love it if you did. Also, please remember we do have what's called an anonymous situation submission. Yes, that is ass if you break it into an acronym. But if you go to our website, wellnessmembersclub.com, there's a safe space there where it's anonymous. You come up with your anonymous name so you can hear us when we call out that name. You put your subject line and then you put your message of what you want to share it could be anything from a relationship issue you're going to just something happy moment you want to share but we're going to start bringing up those anonymous situation submissions and answering them on our instagram or our tiktok so if you want to submit those and then follow us on our socials at wellness members club on both platforms that'd be amazing and we'll get to them but we look forward to growing with you and just shedding light on all of the parts of us and it's just an amazing time so Thank you again for being with us today and talking about connecting with yourself and letting go of that ego within you. So we look forward to having you on our next episode and thank you for being here. Bye guys.